Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. The president uh, spoke from the White House. C-SPAN covered it, as they do. And um, so we start off here. I'll start the – I've got the audio. We're going to kind of go – just kind of pause it as I go along here. So he's – he opens up the door. The door is, I don't know, about 10 feet away from the podium. He has opened the door now. He's walking ever so slowly. He's walking. He's walking. He's walking. Okay, there. Now he's at the podium. Here we go. Uh, this morning we learned the economy created 336,000 jobs in September alone. That means since I've taken office, we've created 13.9 million new jobs. Oh, my God. Stop with this gaslighting. This is, look, you killed all the jobs with the lockdowns and the COVID, the pandemic, all of that stuff. I mean, not Joe Biden. He wasn't president during all of that. But you don't get to claim credit for all the jobs coming back that you shut off, right? That's like that's like turning it's like turning on a water spigot flooding the bathroom, and then turning it off and being like, look at me, I stopped the flood. You morons. Come on. You heard me say it before, I'm going to keep saying it. My dad had an expression. Oh, God. He said, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. Well, 336,000 more Americans, if they have children, can say that to their children and mean it. Well, what if I don't have kids? Then what do I say? Huh? Then what? Ah, didn't think of that, did you? Mm-hmm. The unemployment rate oh, gosh. has stayed below 4% for 20 months in a row, the longest stretch in 50 years. Okay, so why? Because he's not looking at the, uh, at the, the number that includes those who have given up work or looking for work, those who, those who have given up, those who are in part-time jobs and stuff like that that, want to work but can't or whatever. But also, there's a whole chunk of people that were on benefits. They were running, running on COVID money. Um, maybe they were, like, you know, looting CVS stores, selling that stuff on eBay, and that's how they were getting by. But once all of that runs out, now you have to go back to work. And so now he's claiming credit because these the, the, the relief programs that he champions – have have ended. We've achieved a 70-year low in unemployment rate for women, record lows in unemployment for African Americans and Hispanic workers, mm-hmm. and people with disabilities. What about men? Wait, 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 wait. What about men? What about what about dudes? Dudes aren't working because that's a problem. Did you know that? You, if you listen to this program, you do. We went over these numbers the other day. The rebounding workforce is predominantly female, not male. They're not going back to work. Folks who have been left behind in previous recoveries and left behind for too long. 
We have the highest share of working age Americans in the workforce in 20 years. And it's no accident. It's Bidenomics. We're growing the economy from the middle out, the bottom up, not the top down. And inflation is coming down at the same time. Okay, that's, now that's a lie. Inflation is not coming down. Inflation is cumulative. You gaslighter, it is cumulative. It is already in the costs of everything. It's down 60% since last summer. Core oh. inflation was just 2.2%. Core inflation ignores uh, gas and groceries. Good thing we don't use those. And the 2 point whatever percent is on top of the previous year's increase, which was like somewhere, I think, around 9%, if I recall correctly. And that was on top of the previous year, which was somewhere around 4%. Like this, just because inflation isn't growing as fast as it did the previous year doesn't mean it went down. But that's, this is GovCo accounting methods, you know? Over the past three months. And now we have the lowest inflation of any major economy in the world. Today, we're celebrating National Manufacturing Day. Oh, I didn't get you anything. Sorry. National Manufacturing Day. I mean, happy National Manufacturing Day, but I did. I forgot. I didn't get you anything. Name it, Dad. It was already National Manufacturing Day. <laughs> it seems appropriate. <laughs> I can think of no better way to mark the occasion than to thank the 13 million Americans who are manufa- in manufacturing jobs oh, as we God. speak. They're restoring our pride, making things in America. And today I want to highlight that of those 13 million manufacturing jobs, 815,000 of those jobs were created since I took office, twice as many as the previous administration. Was there something that happened during the previous administration that might have led to the loss of jobs? Think way back, guys. Think back. Did something happen that might have led to job destruction? That's right. That's right. It was the pandemic. You're correct. Apparently, Joe forgot the pandemic happened. I mean, it didn't affect him, right? He just had to hang out in his basement. That it didn't, and it got him elected, right? Like that, I don't know. That's it. And report what we learned early this week, that spending on construction for new factories being built to generate more economic growth and jobs hit an all-time high last month. Folks, Bidenomics is about investing in America and investing in American workers. And businesses are investing more in manufacturing than ever before. Oh, she looks old. bringing the supply chains home. Before the pandemic, supply chains was oh. a phrase most people didn't even associate wait, with. Wait, hang on a second. Wait, wait, hang on a second. He just said the pandemic. So he, he does remember the pandemic. He knows it happened. Why would he then omit that? As the cause for all of the destruction of the jobs. I don't know. Is there some benefit that he derives by focusing on just the jobs created? It's, it's like that. Remember remember the study that the government put out and they were like, all of the terrorist deaths in America are due to right wingers. And then you you go and you read the report and you see that they start keeping track. Their first date that they use Right in the timeline to start their study is September 12, 2001, the day after the 9-11 attacks. They don't include that because if you included that, then it's like 95 percent, right, of all of it is like due to Islamic terrorists. So they didn't want to include that. So they started it the day after.
That's what he's doing. Much about. And uh, but today, after a few uh, delays in availability of parts and products everyone has known about, Mm -hmm. they know why it's so important. Mm -hmm. My economic plan is bringing supply chains home and investing in industries of the future so we can make things in America again with American workers. We're creating good and Venezuelan workers in communities all across the country, including in places that have been left behind for the last, in some cases, 20 years, because the factories they used to work at for years and years shut down, leaving them with no options, no jobs in that community all over the Midwest and all over the Northeast. That under Bidenomics, you won't have to leave home now to get a good job. I don't know how many times I heard and out on the road, people saying, my kid came up to me, got a decent education in the state, came up to me and said, Mom, I got to leave. No jobs. No jobs. No jobs. Well, you're going to be able to find a good job close to home, more and more all across America. We're also making sure the jobs we're creating. By the way, did you know that we actually move less now? Like people move away from the area? Like that's the, people have moved for jobs, for employment in American history from the beginning. They'd go out, they'd work in, like, you know, gold mining country and send money back and stuff. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Offer workers a free and fair right, if they choose, to join a union, to form a union. Bidenomics is leading to surge and unionized workers. Yes, they're really leaning into the Bidenomics thing, aren't they? He's really example, leaning into it. Our, our clean school bus program. Under the bipartisan infrastructure law. The what? Is replacing dirty diesel buses with clean electric buses so children getting on and off those buses can bring clean air, not diesel fuel. Who's We're encouraging on the, the company building those buses to allow their employees to unionize if the employees choose. And it's working. By the way, do you remember when Democrats refused to go along with that concept? Remember that? That's a conservative victory. The fact that now Biden is like, if you choose to join, you can do that. Because that's not been the Democrats' position. Now, maybe he's lying. Okay, yeah, he probably is lying. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while. And it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid. And back then, there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's. And we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Um, all right, so we're watching the um, – uh, I'm watching it. You don't have to watch it, but uh, you're listening to uh, the uh, president. He uh, came out. He's spiking the football on the jobs numbers. By the way, I think the last few jobs reports, they always get revised downwards. So you got you only have a very limited window in which to spike the ball, right? Otherwise, when they come out with the revision and it's less than that, you're like, oh, I should have spiked the ball. So this is what he's doing right now. He's spiking the ball. He's like, I dynamics. So they're just, they're, they're owning this term. They're going to make it work. They're going to make you 
believe Bidenomics is good for you. We saw in Georgia when at Blue, workers at Bluebird, the electric school bus manufacturing company that's receiving federal funds, voted to unionize because that was their choice. The Treasury Department laid out recently in a major report that unions and collective bargaining are good for the economy overall. They help raise wages not only for the workers in that factory, but for everyone, whether or not you're a union, whether or not you belong to a union. And they also increase, uh, 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 excuse me, they also increase corporate uh, growth. No, my gosh. And today's job report is just another example of what it looks like when we focus on building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down, while bringing deficits down at the same time. You know, just this summer, I signed a oh, strong bipartisan law where I shook hands with the former speaker. And uh, we passed in the House and the Senate as well to cut spending by $1 trillion over the next 10 years. Ooh. Unfortunately, last weekend, Republican House members decided they were going to put that progress in jeopardy. Instead of honoring that commitment they made, they once again brought us to the brink of a government shutdown, creating unnecessary instability and risk in order to secure more extreme cuts in programs that help working Americans and seniors. All right. Cuts Hang on a second. One trillion over a decade. A trillion over a decade. Do you realize we're spending somewhere north of six trillion a year and we're only taking in like four? So a trillion over 10 years is nothing. What are you talking about, man? It would have hurt everyone from hurt U.S. manufacturing. What? It would have stymied the pay of military people, a whole range of things. They tried cutting funding by 30% for small businesses, which are growing under our administration, for local manufacturers, for manufacturing extension partnership program that, that helps small and medium-sized manufacturers. There you go. See, so this is, this is all about spreading the wealth around, right? Everything he's talking about, all of his economic wins that he's saying, they're all what? They're all based off of government injection of funds into businesses or sectors or factories or whatever. Where do you get that money? If you're not collecting it in taxes, then you're just printing it. You're borrowing it. And that causes the inflation, which is a silent tax, which everybody is paying. You're not creating crap, dude. You're just moving money around. You're 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 playing a command control economic game. And so all of this is just PR. This is all just spin. Rather than re- like we saw under Trump where you release the free market and you let it just fire on all cylinders and you generate more revenue for the government and train workers and grow their businesses, but we stop them. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired Uh-oh. of Republicans in the House saying they want to cut the deficit when all they really want to do is once again cut taxes for the very wealthy and big corporations, which will only add to the deficit. When I was able to cut the federal debt by $1.7 trillion over that first two, and a half, two years, well, remember what we were talking about. Those 50 corporations that made $40 billion weren't paying a penny in taxes. Well, guess what? We made them pay 30%, in taxes. 15%. What? Nowhere near what they should pay. And guess what? We were able to pay for everything, and we end up with an actual surplus. Oh, my God. We've been running deficits almost my entire adult life. 
We're borrowing so much money, and now the interest rate's going up over 4%. That's an extra 130-something trillion dollars within 30 years. Just in interest payments. That's not funding anything. That's just debt. Interest on the debt. That's it. It's not even it's not even going after the principal debt. It's just like that's just the interest that you pay on your credit card, you know? Oh, I didn't pay the full amount this month, so they they hit me with the interest charge. This is unsustainable. It has been, again, my entire adult life. David says, real wages are down, prices are up, GDP is stagnant, inflation is rising again, and the stock market hasn't really moved. Dow Jones was 31000 when he took office. It's now 33000 so 10% over almost three years with high inflation and $33 trillion in debt. By the way, you know what the unfunded liabilities number is? That's like the, the out years. The stuff that's on the books that we're going to have to pay for at some point in you know 30 years down the road. You know what that number, what those projections are? How about 70 plus trillion dollars? These numbers are so large, people don't even understand what those numbers are, you know? Um... Stan says, so are you saying, Pete, that I should spike the ball when scoring a touchdown before they call the holding penalty? Yes. At least I get my moment in the spotlight. Exactly, Stan. That's exactly right. You spike the football, you do your dance and all of that stuff, and then when they call it back, who cares? You got your highlight reel, you know? That's what uh, John says. He keeps mispronouncing Bidenomics. It's Bidenomics. It's spelled Bidenomics, but it's pronounced Bidenflation. He keeps saying how the increase in wages helps the economy, but increased wages also increases the price of everything. So you're really right back to where you started. That's exactly right. This is what I mean. He, this is command control economics. It's a, you know, they're like, they're trying these principles of supply and demand. You can't fool them. Okay. These are like this idea that, uh, that, oh, if I just come out and make this speech and spin it a certain way, that this will be true. No, it's not. You can only avoid the ramifications of this stuff for so long because eventually you go into the recession. You get the inflation, job destruction. Let me go back over to his uh, address here. We only have about, uh, yeah, we're more than halfway through, guys. It's almost over. You know, it's not about... That's not what the economy needs right now, more tax cuts for the wealthy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We've cut the deficit by over $1 trillion since we've taken office. The laws that I sign will cut it by another $1 trillion over the next 10 years. And my budget would cut it by another $2.5 trillion over 10 years. Here's the deal. Uh-oh. The federal debt went up by 50% under my predecessor in part because he passed a $2 trillion tax cut overwhelmingly skewed to the very wealthy and large corporations. I believe we should be reducing the deficit. By the way, wait, wait, wait. Where did the rest of the spending come from? And by the way, you'll get no argument from me on the profligate spending, the deficit spending, the accumulation of debt done by Trump and the Republicans before Democrats took over and then worked with Trump to increase debt and deficits. Um, And then, you know, now you got Biden in there, and again, with the debt and the deficits. But 
There was also a very large amount of money, the helicopter cash, right, that people were just like dumping, that the government was just dumping on everybody. Oh, look at that. I got a, I got a check. In the, oh, nobody gets checks anymore. Look at this. I got money in my bank account. Yay. I didn't ask for the $1,000 or $1,200, whatever it was, but there it is. Oh, they're paying me to stay home. Look at that. They're paying me to, to stop the spread. Look at that. You think that had something to do with it? Yes, it did. I knew it did at the time. Economists at the time on the conservative side were saying, don't do this. People were saying, don't lock down all of the economy. Don't shut it all down. Open it back up as soon as we can. Didn't matter. So, yeah, that's a really big part of the number that he just quoted there. However, um, again, spike in the football. By making sure that the wealthy and large corporations can just pay their fair share. I'm not going to pay 90%. Just pay their fair share. What's their fair share? So it's not 90%. It's not 15%. What is it? Give us a number. By cutting wasteful spending on special interests like big oil, all the money they made and paid so little in taxes. Big pharma, same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Weren't you the one up there telling everybody to get the damn shots? Who do you think did that? That's big pharma, right? I wonder if he's saying that because of RFK Jr. What do you think? Do you think he's do you think he has to start saying this stuff about big pharma has to take aim at big pharma? Do you think he's doing that because he's worried about RFK Jr.? You know, we just gave the American public a real gift in terms of what not gift but fairness. What? In terms of what they have to pay for insulin and what they're going to have to pay for other things. Well, guess what? That, always, that also cut the federal debt. Cut the federal debt. For example, over a thousand billionaires in this country. Oh, he just about lost his denture on that one, I think. That, I mean, that's what it looked like. He did a big, like, like he was getting it back, suctioning it back into place. Okay. And I know you're going to hear me say this until I'm able to change it. You know what their average rate of pay, the federal tax rate is? Eight percent. Eight percent for millionaires. Is that I right? think you should be able to be a trillionaire, a billionaire, a zillionaire if you want, but pay your taxes for God's sake. Oh my God! Let me introduce you to a man by the name of Hunter Freaking Biden. Oh my God! Your DOJ just let him skate on a million-dollar tax bill. Don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. For the love of me! Oh. Pay some fair, and something approaching a fair tax. That's less than a teacher or a firefighter or a cop pays in their taxes. Just wrong. By the way, you know why? And by the way, millionaires move in and out of that bracket, right? People become a millionaire. They make enough money one year, and then they move down in bracket. If they don't make enough money the next year, a lot of that is is passive and investment income, and that's taxed differently than you working for somebody else. So they're right. If you've got money and you, you've got like an endowment or where you got like a big uh, trust fund, you know, like a lot of these lefties kids uh, have it's making all of this money and you're cranking out, you know, a million dollars in interest alone. Like the tax code has been set up because the investment and the generation of the uh, the dividends, if you will, right, the, the investment, right. The whole point of that is to what is to prompt people to invest. But he wants government to do the investing. He just spent the first half of the speech talking about all the government, quote-unquote, investing that he does. 
So he gets to create the jobs, you know? Look, Uh-oh. House Republicans should put us back in a, she shouldn't put us back in a crisis mode again. We have only 40 days for Congress to get back to work. I'm the same House Republicans on recess now. What? To fund the government, avoid a shutdown, and protect the tremendous gains American workers have made over the past two and a half years. Shutdown would mean troops don't get paid. Why are we still talking about the shutdown right now? Why is he talking about shutdown right now? Right? Why, why are they pivoting? Why are his speechwriters, his aides, why are they pivoting to shutdown? Because they think it helps them. That's the whole point. They think it helps them. They would not be talking shutdown right now, but for the belief that focusing on shutting down the government helps Joe Biden politically. Traffic controllers wouldn't get paid. There'd be all kinds of problems at airports. Loans of small businesses would be delayed and closing some of them. It's time to stop fooling around. House Republicans, it's time for you to do your job. Continue our progress. Growing the economy. It's not the House. It's not the House. American people. It's not the House. It's the Senate. Oh, God. So let's get to work for the American people. They're waiting and they're watching. We got to get to work. Thank you all very much. What are the prospects for a meeting between you and President Xi of China in San Francisco next month? There is no such meeting set up, but it is a possibility. Mr. President, former President Trump endorsed Congressman Jim Jordan for House Speaker. Could you see yourself working with Congressman Jordan if he is the next speaker? And do you have any concerns about who might fill that position? Um, look, whomever the House speakers I'm going to try to work with, they control half the, half the Congress. And I'm going to try to work with them. There's some people I imagine it's going to be easier to work with than others. But uh, whomever the speaker is, I'll try to work with. All right, we'll stop it there. We'll pick it up for the final segment. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? All right, let's get back to my old friend, Joe. Lunch pail, Joe. About three more minutes here. He's now taking questions from the reporter crew and uh, the core, I should say. And uh, or maybe it's the corpse. The uh, the reporters, the first question was about whether he's going to meet with the Chinese president. The next question was about who does he want to see as Speaker of the House, I guess. So both pretty lame questions. Can you be specific about what you did to try to reappropriate those border funds, especially when Democrats controlled both chambers of Congress? Good question. The wall thing? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. So he just stared at her for a good three seconds in confusion. And that's when he just says, oh, the wall thing? Yeah. Yeah, the wall thing. I'm going to back this up again. Hang on. Both chambers of Congress. 
Well, you know, with the wall thing? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah, they passed. Well, I was told that I had no choice, that, I, you know, Congress passes. I was told I had no choice. Somebody else called that shot. That's obvious. I was told I had no choice. Legislation to build something, whether it's an aircraft carrier, a wall, or provide for a tax cut, I can't say I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. Would that include college loans? Is that different? No? Yes? If it hadn't been vetoed, if it's a law. That you tried to reappropriate the funds. So yeah, we tried to ask the Congress to consider changing the law to reappropriate. Say, don't use it for other purposes. Give me more border agents. Give me more uh, technical capabilities to detect fentanyl and the like. That's what I wanted to do. Mr. President, you started your... Hang on a second. Didn't they have control of the House for two years? Surely the... Democrats didn't put the border wall funding in there, right? Why not Why not rip that out when you had control? What happened? Mark's here today by saying it was good news today with the economic report. Why do you think most people still don't feel positive or feel good news about the economy? Well, first of all, you just heard the news today, too. They haven't heard it. I think the people, those 300-plus thousand people who got jobs feel better about the economy. I'd look. They don't? No, actually. I gotta choose my words here. You all are not the happiest people in the world. What's your report? And I mean it sincerely. It gets a more little you get more legs when you're reporting something that's negative. I don't mean I don't mean you're picking on me or I'm just the nature of things. You turn on the television and there's not a whole lot about boy saves dog as he swims in the lake. You what? Know. That what that hap- that's all the time. Dude, that's every viral video. What are you talking about? Have you seen the cute animal videos? People saving animals? They get millions of views and clicks and, and retweets and shares and such. And they get put on the news. Because the news is basically just monitoring Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and slapping that crap up on the 6 o'clock. Like, that's what... I mean, seriously. It's, it, it fills time. I was down in Atlanta years ago, like three years ago, four years ago, and down in, I guess it would have been pre-pandemic, watching the, the, the afternoon newscast, and they have a whole segment where the person is standing in the newsroom in front of a monitor, a TV monitor, and she's literally reading tweets to you. And on the monitor behind her is the tweet. Like, I did not think it was possible to capture... The, the level of, uh, of dumbassery from uh, meetings where people put PowerPoints up in front of you and then read the freaking slide to me. Like, I was not aware that you had harnessed that magnitude of dumbassery and channeled it into your newscast. But here we are. You did it. Congratulations. Awesome work. Reading to me a tweet that I can read right there on the screen and standing there and delivering this like it's some sort of a newsworthy event that somebody tweeted something. It's like it's like the man on the street interview. Sorry, person on the street interview. 
where you just go out, stick a mic in people's faces and ask them, what do you think about this thing? And then you put together a montage of all the audio clips of all the people you know, weighing in on different perspectives from different perspectives on a particular issue. It's a man on the street. That's what she's doing, except she doesn't even have to go out on the street. Just sit there, grab a tweet, throw it up. There it is. You know, Joe Blow 6275 says they like it. Back to you. Anyway. To say, you know, it's about, you know, somebody pushed the dog in the lake. I mean, I, I, I get it, but Oh my gosh, he's zoned out. Just he's zoned out. Listen to what's going on around the world. There's reason for people to be concerned. There's reason for people to be Dude, concerned he did. what's going on. Wait, wait, he just did the thing that Mitch McConnell did. He just, like, stared and just stopped. And now he's he's back. I mean, his didn't last as long as as the Mitch bot, but, yeah, he's back. With in Russia, with the reason to be concerned about what's going on in other parts of the world. I think that what? the American people are smart as hell and know what their interests are. I think they know they're better off financially than they were before. It's a fact. And all the all that data, all that polling stuff shows they think they're more positive about the economy than they've been, more positive about their jobs, et cetera. It um, doesn't, buddy. I just think if you, let me put it this way. Okay. If you just watch what happened last week in the Congress. Yeah. How excited are you going to be about much of anything? Anyway. All right, he's gone. That's it. He's gone. Are you going to wait till there's a speaker? Yeah, yeah. There he goes. He's walking away. Walking away. Still walking. He's covering that 10 foot of space. All right. Now he's gone. He's out. There you go. You're president, everybody. Give it up, Joe Biden.